0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy.
1: And I'm Sydney McElroy.
0: Sid, a few weeks back, uh, in light of the uh, recent protests and uh, upheaval, um, we talked a little bit about racism in medicine, sort of from a patient perspective. Mm-hmm. And uh, this week, we're, we're going to kind of look at it from the other way. If I understand correctly, how in, in sort of how we... Select and honor doctors and how those doctors uh, Advance in the system. Is that fair?
1: This is a this is a very personal one for me. I I, I think that part of the work that uh, Myself and other white people need to be doing right now is Of course as we've already said educating ourselves uh, And acting in ways that are not just not racist but anti-racist and we're all trying to, to do that and and do better And challenge our own implicit biases. And part of that is realizing that maybe you're in systems, almost certainly you're in systems, if you're a white person, that continue to, um, like, privilege white people over everybody else. Mm -hmm. And perhaps you have been party to that and not realized it. And we got an email from a listener. Thank you, Charlotte, for calling it to my attention. Uh... And good luck in medical school. And, uh, it, or actually, you're probably done now. Either way, <laughs> good luck or congratulations. Uh, but she called to my attention an organization called AOA or Alpha Omega Alpha.
0: You hadn't heard of it before?
1: No, I am in it.
0: Oh, no. Uh,
1: so, Alpha Omega Alpha or AOA, which also I should clarify if you start looking into this, AOA is also the abbreviation for. Uh, the American Osteopathic Association, which are osteopathic physicians, DOs, which is totally separate from what we're talking about. That has nothing to do with, with this.
0: <laughs> and the. the I,
1: uh, I just want to make that clear.
0: <laughs> and the OA is a sci fi Netflix series that your parents keep telling us we should watch but have not yet. Well, <laughs> just to kind of Kate, keep all our I, terms.
1: I of don't want people to start looking into like criticizing the AOA in terms of like all osteopathic physicians. No, this has nothing to do with with that well but I don't want people this to think same abbreviation totally different words <laughs> I don't want
0: people to think we're criticizing the OA it may be super racist I don't know I've I don't know anything it. about it I don't know anything about it it's on Netflix though
1: so. but I do know about AOA Alpha Omega Alpha the Medical Honor Society because I was inducted into it when I was a third year medical student fourth year medical student fourth year anyway uh and I also served as counselor for our chapter for a brief period of time.
0: Did you do this episode just so you could brag a little bit?
1: No, I, I mean, as you'll see, I, I, I don't, I'm not proud of, I, let me say this. <laughs> when I received, when I became a member of AOA, I was very proud. I felt very honored. It is a very, uh, it is considered an incredibly prestigious honor in medical school to be inducted into AOA. And, uh, the motto of AOA is worthy to serve the suffering. And when I was, when that was said at at my induction ceremony, I felt that very deeply. And so I think that this, for me, it it was really important to talk about this and to challenge this because while this was something very meaningful to me to see that there are problems with it and things that need to be changed and challenged, um, it it was important work for me to do. And I think everybody else in AOA would want to do the same thing. And the national office would want to do the same thing to do that hard work, to dig into it and see if we can't do better. We could do better. We have to do better. Anyway. um, I, I think that this is a good example of how white supremacy can get ingrained into these systems without anybody intentionally and without and with as we're i'm gonna go through the history of it with people actively like saying the opposite you know actively stating that diversity is one of our goals but still you know perpetuating white privilege so let's get into what aoa is okay um
0: alpha omega alpha
1: yes Uh, there, like I said, it's incredibly prestigious There there are elections to induct new members. Uh, our chapter held them twice a year. I think you can do it once a year. Either way. Uh, many medical schools have chapters. There are 132 total in the U S Puerto Rico and Lebanon. And, uh, you can be inducted as a student, but you also, we also have inductions for residents and fellows and attending physicians as well. Um, People who have already done with their training. So, but the I, the real the real thrust of this is for students. That's where it really matters. And I know this might sound strange because you're you're probably familiar with like the honor society in high school, right? There was mm-hmm. something called the honor society. And then in college, I know we had. I heard, I heard
0: of it. I guess <laughs> I heard of it. Heard about it.
1: So there's a national honor society, which. Heard of well, I was in, so I you were in, right. so you
0: kind of got a more of a familiar. There they are, give you a rose. Is that the National Honor Society? They give you a rose to let you know that you're in. Did
1: they? No, um, I may be making that so. up. I, I don't if, know. I don't, As I, I, I said,
0: that. didn't make it to that specific. I think event.
1: candles were part of it.
0: Okay, you're making this sound wild now. <laughs> you, are, you are freaking me out. Now,
1: if you want to get into wild, I was in the chemistry fraternity. N- next. And that was a wild induction. Uh, you
0: know that I want to hear all about that, <laughs> but I don't want to get a few drinks into you first so I can get the real dart.
1: Uh, in college, I think there are a variety of honor societies as well, like Omicron Delta Kappa was- but one I was in?
0: There you go. There it is. <laughs> uh, but what about the Key Club? What are they up
1: to? Did you get in there? Where are they? I into? was in the Key Club. What and, is that? About? Club. Those oh, okay. are those are community service organizations, though. Those that's slightly different.
0: <laughs> but it's all tied together.
1: Um, I was not. I have nothing to do with Skull and Bones. I don't know anything about it. Okay. Um, she,
0: that is what you would say. <laughs>
1: the but what I would say differentiates. AOA a little bit from these other organizations is that while those things look good, I'm not saying they don't, you know, if that's on your high school, if, if, if when you're applying to colleges, if you can say you're in the national honor society, of course, that's, that's great. Better than not. That's good. Um, but when it comes to AOA, it, it can be very meaningful for a physician. Uh, when you, um, apply to residency programs, being able to say that you are in AOA can really help your chances of getting into competitive specialties and certain schools within that specialty. Um, it's a big deal, and so, I'm not. This is not me bragging. I'm saying this to emphasize why, if there is a racial disparity in it, it's a big problem.
0: And and just to make it relatable to the listener, this, if I'm understanding correctly, so we can walk it back from like, what does this mean for me and for the world at large? What we're talking about is who what your doctor looks like or what your what mm-hmm. doctor ends up in front of you especially in some of these very competitive specialties yes is tied to whether or not they're in AOA and,
1: and I'll get into some more of that data towards the I want
0: I want to I establish the chain though like yes. that's the chain right so right. far the person that you are seeing as your doctor or who gets to be in the very prestigious specialty or get the more competitive gigs or whatever is tied to whether or not they're in AOA Yes. There.
1: I'm not saying that is the only thing like. Sure. Right. It, you ha- but I mean, it definitely helps in a big way. Yeah. Dev- and I have some data on that when we get to the end. The, there's there's research to back that statement. Um, but let me get into the history because it's a show about history. So let's talk about the history of the AOA. Why do we have a medical honor society? Because in some ways, shouldn't all doctors be worthy to serve the suffering?
0: You would think, yes.
1: Yes, I mean,
0: uh, hopefully. But there's Doctor Oz, so I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Certainly, we not all we, all of us aren't, but we should be ideally. I didn't a-
0: mean to sideswipe draws. Yeah. Uh, li- no, you did. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Uh,
1: AOA dates back to 1902, and if you listen to this show a lot, you may know that 1902 in medical history in the U.S. is a wild time.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> um. Technology was advancing very quickly, and we were starting to understand things like hygiene and the germ theory of disease and all these different ideas, but not very well. They weren't (laughs) broadly accepted. We knew, Um, in
0: 1902, we knew just enough to be dangerous.
1: (laughs) We did. If you've ever watched the show The Nick, you, you get a good idea of kind of what we were doing. We... This wasn't the heroic era of medicine. This was just past that. Mm. And I think that, that that's important, too, because in the heroic era of medicine, it was like, do anything it takes to keep someone alive, no matter how wild or off the wall it might seem, just do it. And so, you know, bleeding and mercury and all kinds of wild things were done. What the the response to that, which we see at this part of medical history, is this rise of other types of medicine that maybe aren't quite as deadly for the patient. So in this point in history, you have like homeopathy is on the rise. Mm. The eclectic medical colleges are on the rise. This like, well, look, if you go to a doctor, you may be more likely to be killed by the doctor than the disease. So don't go to traditional doctors. Come see these other people who are doing this other kind of medicine where we don't really have any evidence for it, but at least we're not going to bleed you to death. Right. So it it was a really tumultuous time in medicine and medical schools themselves were not very well regimented in terms of what their curriculum was, who was teaching you. It varied wildly Uh, and add to that the qualifications to get into medical school varied. So there were maybe three that required some college education before you went to medical school, but there were many that were fine with like elementary Mm-hmm. education. Wow. So yikes. Yeah, so it, it, you know, the idea of what a doctor was was still pretty nebulous and medical students had a certain reputation at this point in medical history. Um because doctors were already seen were already regarded with suspicion, right? Right. Because there was this idea like w- we don't know if you want to help us and we kind of feel like we're being experimented on and You do these things that are painful or dangerous, so we're not sure we trust you. You can imagine that the people who are in training Mm -hmm. to do that were regarded with even more suspicion. Yeah. Like, so you don't even know the stuff yet. You're even more dangerous. And they were also seen as like reckless and messy, kind of inappropriate um I believe the word that I saw was boorish was used a Ooh. lot in the in the Carlos of the day enough. <laughs> um they just weren't seen as like you your your parents would not be thrilled if you brought home a medical student like as your date cuz they're wild. Yes. And so there so doctors are regarded with suspicion. Medical students aren't liked. Medical schools are all over the place. Uh medicine is, you know, it's this whole, it's it's a wild world. And basically, there were a group of medical students who said, we don't like this. We don't like this reputation. We don't like that uh, we're not always relying on science. We don't like that, you know.
0: People d- don't invite us to really fancy <laughs> parties because they're afraid we'll... Like put a cake on our head and get just wild, like the Marx Brothers.
1: We don't want people to. We don't want people to continue to view the medical profession this way. We could do better, and so this group of six medical students uh, met on August twenty fifth of nineteen o two at the College of Physicians and Surgeons in Chicago, and uh, in like the bacteriology lab, they got together and they said, "We want to create a society of doctors that will be." We will promise to be of good moral character, to honestly try to do the best for our patients, and to base our decisions on science, on academic rigor. We will be the best of the best, basically. And we are going to create this, and and this way you will know if your doctor is in this organization, you can trust them. Yes,
0: this is like like the Nintendo seal of quality.
1: (laughs) Exactly, I guess. Trust me. Probably.
0: It is exactly like it. It's perfect. Perfect analogy.
1: So they had a, they had their first meeting in October of that same year. They had 21 students. And it really caught on. That's what I kind
0: of say is wild to be like, we're going to create this super secret, cool stamp of approval. And the p- first people are in it is just like us and some other people we know are all <laughs> very chill and cool. So we're fine.
1: Well, that's I mean, if you think about it, if you want to start talking about how systems are bad from the bottom up exactly these were probably six friends right i mean or at least six acquaintances and everybody who joined these original six probably felt that they were of good moral character yes and and social standing and honestly wanted to do the best for their patients i mean i'm sure they felt they did (laughs) Uh, But they started this society and many other schools followed suit very quickly. Within the next few years, you would see other medical schools starting their own chapters of AOA um, and even like very prestigious schools like Harvard and Johns Hopkins within the next few years would start their own chapters. So Mm -hmm. so it really caught on very quickly. And that and the exclusivity of it was a big part of the allure. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. first of all, in the beginning, you could only be considered to even have a chapter if you were like a, what they would consider a legitimate medical school. Like, okay, Harvard, you'll pass. Right. Um, but uh, you, but
0: Uncle Justin's <laughs> School for Discount Medical Learning, you are on the wait list.
1: Well, and this specifically would exclude places um, like the eclectic medical colleges that were popping up and things like that. Right. Um, so aimed at like some good stuff, which is like we don't want to include schools that aren't teaching science-based medicine. But bad stuff because you don't look like us and we don't think much of you. So you can't have a chapter. Right. Um, so initially they were only at the best medical schools. Uh, and the way that the, the, they would choose members. So they had to come up with a way to choose members. So if you were ranked in the highest tier of your class, now it's the top 25%. I don't know what it was in the beginning. The, I think it was something similar at the, at the time, like the top quartile of your class. Then your name was on a list for consideration. And this this has changed over time. But at in the beginning, what they would do then is take this top 25 percent of the medical school class, send that list of names around to all the faculty members of AOA. Because the faculty members didn't have a vote for all they had was a vote against. So they mm. had like veto power. Okay. So basically they would send this list around to all the faculty and the faculty would weed out anybody who they knew wasn't. I don't know, was a
0: bad boy who played by their own rules.
1: (laughs) Exactly. They would (laughs) rule out all the Gregory houses. (laughs) Right. And uh, then they would send once they had the list, you know, if it was pared down, they would send it to all the student members and the student members would get to vote on who to choose. And the reason that they let the student members actually do the voting and, and, you know, whittle it down to the ones who were selected were because there was a belief that the students would know better. If there was dishonesty or poor character, among maybe that their stuff didn't students. rise
0: up to the the, the uh, Well, it's kind of like it's also like peer accountability, right? It's like the yes. idea, or at least in concept, the idea that like you know your your teachers may not find out, but the students talk and they know everything, and they'll weed out the bad eggs.
1: Which again, like I I think it's important to look at that and see where sometimes. You are doing things without the intention of discrimination, but it is. I would, having been in medical school, the students do know. (laughs) You do know when you're a student what's going on with other students a little better than once I was a resident and now being a faculty member. I'm sure I don't know everything that's going on. I I don't know all those things that the students know about each other. So like, I can see where that idea came up, but what this also does is start to exclude people. You just don't know as well. Right. That you just didn't hang with. Yeah. You know, but I
0: remember maybe kind of kept to themselves or mm -hmm. didn't, you know, weren't as close friends.
1: And is that intention baked in? Do you want to keep it exclusive to just your friends or is it just an accident? Does it really matter if it's perpetuated. Either way, that's how it starts. That's how it continues. Um, the society did expand to include women in 1906, so pretty soon. And they made a statement early on in AOA. There is the statement that they do not discriminate against anybody for entry for any reason, you know. So they, they, they claimed diversity pretty early, you know, whatever whatever your race, whatever your gender you are welcome in this society as long as you uh, are, a, you know, academically founded, basically a, a high-performing student who has good moral character. Then mm. you are welcome in AOA. Um, they claim that from the beginning. Now, whether that's the reality, we're going to talk about. But before we do that, let's go to the billing department. Let's go. Somebody-
0: So, Sid, it seemed like the wheels were about to come off a little bit.
1: Before I tell you, like, before I bring you up to date with AOA and why we're doing an episode about it, what what has shifted, um, I think it's important to remember to talk briefly about the Flexner Report in 1910. So, when AOA started, there were very clearly segregated medical schools, There were white schools and there were black schools. And there were not nearly enough. Well, first of all, of course, there shouldn't have been segregated schools. But if we are also trying to create black physicians, there weren't enough schools to do so to begin with. Now, the Flexner report was the result of, and I think we may have mentioned this briefly on the show before. Abraham Flexner spent two years, um, funded by the Carnegie Institute, traveling the U.S. and Canada, basically evaluating all the medical schools because of all this stuff we talked about, how medical schools were all kind of doing their own thing. And being a doctor who came from one medical school in this part of the country did not necessarily mean the same thing as being a doctor. Right. Who came, you know what I mean?
0: So they're trying to create a little bit of like hom- homogeneity and yes. account of early standard baseline.
1: I, I would say homogeny is a very apt word. Okay. Um, in this particular context. So, Flexner went around, and he he came out with the Flexner Report, which is like a book. I mean, it's a giant report in which he kind of lays out his prescription, so to speak, for streamlining medical education and fixing all the problems and making everybody, all the schools do the same thing. As part of that, he wanted to, one, he felt like there were too many medical schools. So he mm-hmm. thought we needed to close schools in general. We don't need this many medical students. We don't need these many schools. We need to close some schools. And two, if we're going to close schools, I want to close the schools that are the furthest from meeting the standards I feel like schools need to meet. Mm -hmm. Now, as a result of this, he closed all but two black medical schools. So already you're you're seeing a problem. Why did he Why?
0: Why did he have the ability to close medical
1: schools? Okay, well, no, I should clarify it. He re- did not close. He recommended, did, okay, based on it. his recommendations, all but two black medical schools were closed. Thank got you it. for clarifying that. You're yeah, right. he he would not have had the authority, but his recommendations were taken quite seriously. They they're, the echoes of the Flexner report are today in today's medical education. I mean, mm-hmm. this was a big deal <laughs> in the history of medical education. This Flexner report is defining. Uh, So anyway, he closed. So because of this, all but two black medical schools were closed. Um, He also in the report, there is an insinuation that perhaps black doctors are best uh, left to only serving black patients and that they might have sort of a lesser role in the medical hierarchy Um, As I think he believe I believe he calls them sanitarians Mm -hmm. um, insinuating that a a black physician. He doesn't say this explicitly, but you definitely get a feel that a black physician could never be equal to a white physician. Um, So they have a place, but it is not at the same place that he would rank a white physician. And again, this is not it is not explicit in the report, but that is certainly the feel that people got. And it also kind of solidified the picture not just of a perfect medical school, but of a perfect doctor. The idea of what a physician should be and look like was a very white, male, New England, refined, probably mm-hmm. from a better family, probably a little more affluent, you know, conservative, austere kind of figure.
0: Which is wild because if you think back and you think it like, Especially I mean this is this is probably better uh, in recent years obviously but if you think back to like shows you watched when you're a kid or whatever anytime a doctor is represented like you have just described is the same stock dude yes every single time somebody goes to the doctor.
1: And this this, uh, this Flexman report really...
0: Dr. Hibbard from The Simpsons is the only counterexample <laughs> from my childhood that easily springs to mind.
1: I'm really happy that our kids have uh, Doc McStuffins' mom.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, but I... Uh, I Although so this-
0: it must be extremely hard for her to get taken seriously. Uh, besides her race, definitely just her, the name McStuffins must be extremely <laughs> challenging to be taken seriously as a professional. In in this
1: world, uh, have you watched the show? Yeah, what, what, what are you talking? Yeah, what? She yes. ru- she runs that place. I bet she has no problem being taken seriously. McStuffins are otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, my point is, it really it really gave America its idea of what a doctor was, and what a medical school should shape doctors into. It obviously created way fewer pathways for black students to become doctors for, for black people to, to become physicians in this country. It also limited um, pathways for women as well. Although he did not explicitly say that the way he did against black physicians. Um, But as a result of this, it wouldn't be until uh, the fifties that medical schools were integrated. And 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 at that point, I mean, like the, the integration is so essential, not only because it's the right thing to do, obviously, but because there were so few black medical schools. So you have segregation, then you have no schools for anybody to attend. So, of mm. course, we have this huge disparity in the percentage of the American population, as we've talked about, that is black and the percentage of physicians that are black mm. is a there is a huge difference there and the this is the root of that this is part of the root of that obviously there are many but this is a big chunk of it right so i think it's important to remember that that culture of medical schools of medical training of medicine in general goes beyond aoa it is ingrained in the way we teach students Mm -hmm. it has been part of the roots of medical schools for a long time Hmm. Um, now, all of this, when it comes to AOA, to get to, to zoom back into Alpha Omega Alpha specifically, all of this was called into question in two thousand and seventeen. There was a study that came out, and i I say that it has probably been called into question many times on individual levels, but it was published in the in JAMA Internal Medicine, the Journal of American Medici- Medical Association Internal Medicine Journal.
0: It's <laughs> good. Uh, <laughs> you guys are great.
1: We're great at naming things Uh, The in 2017 uh, that looked at the racial breakdown of AOA members. And basically what this study said was, let's let's uh, look at it was uh, Dr. Boatwright was the lead author. Let's look at AOA honor societies and say, let's control for the things that should be the same. Right. Let's let's remove from their step one scores. That's your first board Examination that you take. So that's a big giant test that we all have to take. Uh, let's take out of it research, how much research they're doing. Let's take out of it community service. Let's take out of it leadership activity. Let's take out of it membership in the Gold Humanism Honor Society, which is another honor society. Let's take all that out of it. Let's control for all that and then see.
0: And what would that leave?
1: Well, then just, we're just race. Yeah. Like if you remove all that, what what accounts for the difference? Mm. Like how, what, what, what? percent of students are white are black are Hispanic are Asian and what they found is that even controlling for all that if two students have the exact same board scores, research experience, leadership, all that stuff you are still more likely to be an AOA if you're white than if you're black. They found that both black students and Asian students were uh, less likely than their white counterparts to be members of AOA and that this could Reflect a bias, and this could impact these students, these physicians for the rest of their career. So, a lot of medical schools started to re-examine the whole thing because uh, this is again, this is one of those things that we probably should have known. We should have known, uh, not probably, we should have seen, mm-hmm. but we didn't see. And so then it was called to everybody's attention. And if you look at the selection process the way it is now, this can help understand and and it's important to know too every chapter can do the selection process their own way there's some general rules laid out by the national office but like how you apply those rules are really specific to each chapter Um, the general idea is that the top quarter of the class is still eligible so basically if you're in the top 25 percent of your class you get sent an application you you get any i got an email you're eligible for aoa fill out this application So you fill out your applications, and the students will have to report things like grades, scores, research, leadership, uh, community service, awards they may have received, that kind of stuff. Okay. Then the society meets and looks at all this. So you have a meeting, and they sit down with all your packets of all your stuff, and then they vote. And now what you do in the middle there is up to interpretation. Do you want to use some kind of scoring system to like rank each student based on what they've turned in? Do you mm-hmm. want to what, whatever? It doesn't American matter. American
0: Gladiator style physical <laughs> combat with like Nerf weapons and stuff like that.
1: They, they encourage you to come up with objective ways to evaluate all this criteria. And then at the one, end, one of could course, say there's the, a vote.
0: Well, then they're going to have to go to the Agro Crag because that is that radical rock is is objective it's just about can you get to the top do mm. do 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 you have
1: it guts 16 percent of <laughs> the class can be inducted so a different number of students depending on the size of the school um and then of course like i said there are also residents and fellows and attendings but the students are the important thing because when i applied to residency programs and i was filling out my because you fill out a general application that you send to all the different residencies you may like to attend, you mm-hmm. may be interested in attending. Uh, when I did that, there is a box that you can check for AOA membership. It is its whole own box. There are places where you can list awards and leadership and organizations and positions. But Save there it, is
0: saved a kid from a brain building.
1: <laughs> you can you can list that on your application. There are places for you to write that stuff down, but. AOA is its own distinct box. I I say that to outline what a big deal it is. Because once you can check that box, there are a lot more opportunities open to you. The ability to get into the very very, uh, competitive specialties. um, And even, we've actually, there have been studies done that show uh, people who are in AOA, have a higher likelihood of going into the um, the better lifestyle specialties. Like, they, they have a, a subset of medical specialties that are considered the most conducive to, like, you know, you get to have a balanced lifestyle. You can see your family. You can go on trips. You can do hobbies and stuff right. and do medicine. Those are the more lifestyle specialties. You're more likely to get into a lifestyle specialty if, you go, if you're in AOA than not. So the, these are... This has been proven. Um, It also, outside of like the very specific, they're going to look at your application and, you know, if it's a really competitive specialty and you have each spot you have 20 applicants for Mm -hmm. and 19 of them are in AOA and one isn't, well, that's a really easy. Yeah. That's a really easy choice. I'm not saying I'm not and I'm not saying this is the only thing that people look at, but like it's there. It's up there. It's up there. It is looked at. Um, it also feels like an exclusive club. I say this based on my own experience when I was interviewing for residency programs. Uh, one of, when I sat down for an interviewer with an interviewer at one program, the first thing that she said to me, the very first thing was, I'm so happy to finally see a fellow AOA member. It's so refreshing Mm. because I am not in a specialty that is considered competitive, you know, we need more family doctors. Um, so I, you don't necessarily – there are certainly a lot of us out here who are in AOA in family medicine, but you don't necessarily see as many. A lot of
0: those AOA people going for the big bucks and yeah, other specialties. You,
1: well, you can. You, you are eligible to make a lot more money in those other specialties than, than I am in mine.
0: Yeah, I don't think people – I don't think lay people especially appreciate how, like – I think it's assumed that, like, doctors make a lot of money, period, end of sentence. And I think – Compared to the median doctors make overall, if you average them out more, but uh, I think that you people would be shocked to know the kind of disparity that there is just in dot, like just between doctors, like
1: even, even, I mean, which
0: kind of, which I bring up to mainly to highlight part of this, yes, you know, part of this issue, the way it's all tied together.
1: Yes, there, there are definitely as, as a family medicine doctor, I can tell you there are Physicians in our community and other specialties who make multiples right? Multiples of my salary, many multiples of my salary. What are the, so, what are,
0: can you like, what are a few that are just like the known as being some of the, uh,
1: radi- I mean, radiology,
0: radiology, is, radiology is one.
1: and interventional radiology specifically, you can make a lot of money in those specialties, um, which is, uh, that's when like they, it's it, you don't just like radiol a radiologist is going to look at the pictures and interpret, you know, studies, mm-hmm. imaging studies. An interventional radiologist does the procedures that you do while using radiology.
0: Which is x-rays, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, radiology is x-rays, cat scans, MRIs, okay. ultrasound. I mean, like there's tons, radio, all imaging. Okay. A radiologist reads all the imaging, but a radiologist is mainly going to be sitting in a room reading images and giving reports. And making an, bank. And making bank. And an interventional radiologist is going to be Actually, seeing the patient and doing a procedure on them while using radiology to visualize what they're doing—does mm. that make sense? Yeah. Um,
0: anyway, I'm distracting. Any, the, off, but they any get, of
1: the procedure-based specialties typically make more money, like doing. orthopedic surgery, yeah. because the way that the American medical system works is you're reimbursed a lot more for a procedure than you are for. Sitting and talking with somebody and prescribing a medication or something.
0: I um, mentioned this is not a detour. When we're talking about systemic racism and really trying to like root it out and the ties to income inequality, like this is part of what we talk about. Right. You get yes. the, It's the chain that I was trying to describe. Like you get the AOA check, then you can make a lot more money. You know, that you have the opportunity to make a lot more money. And it's for sure. It all, you know. Uh, all tied together.
1: Yeah. Cause they're, they're, uh, again, anecdotally, I know I have heard there are some specialties that, I mean, they look for that box. That box is a must. And I do not think that is universal to every program, but I know specific programs where that is a must, mm. um, to get into their competitive specialty. Uh, So what what goes wrong with the process? Like we talked about, it's it's different for each chapter. So it's hard for me to say what's going wrong all over the place because everybody could be applying these rules a little differently. Um, And that's probably part of the problem, right? Yeah. Because each school can kind of do their own thing. Right. And everybody always thinks that's a good thing in this country, but (laughs) 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 that rarely works the way we want it to. Um, So it could just be subjective. Like you see the voting part, and it's really easy to see where friends... Like,
0: I know that. Oh, I know that person. person, And it's not
1: and it's not intentional. It's never I'm not going to say it's never. But so often it's not overt. It's not saying, well, I'm going to choose that student because he's white. It's it's not like that. It's I know that guy because Mm -hmm. we hang out together. And so I'm going to choose him and I'm white. And so also he happens to be white. And so I'm going to choose him. That's how these things happen. Because
0: I hung out with white people when I was a kid, because that was what I was most comfortable with, and so on and so on and so on and so on.
1: And and so, like, it's really important to recognize that because people get so defensive and want to say, like, "But I'm not racist. I would never. I would never." No, it's not. You're not saying it out loud. You're not trying to do it. It's just the way our society has formed, and it's why we have to break it all down.
0: And it's why we talk about things in terms of like systemic racism, because you have to understand that like the system that you're part of. It ha- is racist and even if you are not if you have a hundred people who are non-racist in a systemically racist program it's still racist right like it still and, is
1: and i think this is evidenced by the fact that there was one school that tried to fix this the icon school of medicine at mount sinai dug deep into this to try to fix this system to try to see like is it just that simple is it just that when we vote? We're tending to vote for people we know better and they happen to look like us. And so that's the problem. So they looked at their chapter, realized that it had a racial problem, that there were white students who were way more represented than everybody else. So they came up with a new system. They blinded all their members to who would be like in a study when you, you know, blind Mm -hmm. a study to who would be um, to what the candidates look like. And they anonymized them. So they took all the steps necessary, you would think, to eliminate race as a factor. They just showed them all of the the mm-hmm. good stuff, right? Here's all the good stuff the students did. Pick them. It still didn't work. Why not? Okay. So just like we've been talking about, the problem that exists within an AOA has been, I will say, as a member of AOA, I am happy that they are at least... They're talking about it. They're because address- this this uh, study out of Mount Sinai came out last month. Hmm. They they just put this out that they are going to suspend their AOA chapter because it cannot be done fairly. Hmm. So and th- this just came out and AOA addressed it and of course they're not thrilled about it but at the same time they see the problems they they are recognizing there are these problems. Uh, the system of medical school creates all of these inequalities in what you can achieve that it looks like it's always going to look like a white student might be more qualified than a black student or not always, but it is often going to look that way. Um, Let's think about how grades are assigned in your third and fourth year of medical school. A lot of your grades are subjective. How well did the student do on the rotation? How good Hmm. is their bedside manner? How well did they connect with patients? How um, how organized were their presentations? How you know professional did they act? Mm. These mm. are yes. You can see how you, many look, places. Yeah, and,
0: you don't have to peel up too many layers of the onion <laughs> to and, and, see the.
1: And again, I, I I am not saying people are intentionally grading based on race. That that's the thing with implicit bias. You don't see it. It's just in you, and you don't know it's there until you challenge yourself. You know to to change it um so grades are part of it uh when it comes to um research research so it's big in medical school to like partner with an attending and do some research get your name on a paper that looks really great especially if you want to go into something like orthopedics it looks really great if your name's on a paper who gets to work with the attendings and who do the attendings like know and offer like hey i'm gonna write up this patient you want to work you want to work on the case with me Again, we're getting into, like, who do I feel comfortable with? Who right. looks like me? Who has the time? When we're talking about things like community service and things like that, I didn't work in medical school. I spent all my time devoted to medical school. I didn't have to work. It was just me and you. And you worked. And so I didn't have, I didn't have any family to support. I didn't have any bills to pay. Well, I mean, we had bills, but, you know, you paid them. That's privilege. All that privilege gave me more time to do another research project, to do another community service project, to do all that stuff. That's all privilege that allows you to participate in that. And then we turn around and reward your privilege with the privilege of being an AOA, which is rewarded with the privilege. Of a competitive medical specialty, which is rewarded with the privilege of a great lifestyle and a big paycheck,
0: which is rewarded the privilege of choosing the med students that will work with you on research projects. And and who do you give awards to? Right. Who
1: do you make the leader who who gets voted to be president of different clubs? I mean, all this stuff is tangled up with discrimination and implicit bias. And so when you start looking at other criteria, it's all a problem. Who gets to be an AOA? It all starts to fall apart. So, of course, if, if the system is inherently racist, of course, the honor society is going to become racist, too. It's just an extension of that system. Um, so some schools don't have them. There are a handful of schools out, not many, but there are like seven or eight. I think this might make eight that don't have chapters. Um Some in part because of the racial issue, some just because it creates this really unhealthy, competitive atmosphere within the students where you're not really focusing on being the best doctor you can be as much as beating all the other students, Mm -hmm. which is a culture in medical school that we don't need. And there are lots of things in place to try to eradicate that. That's already a known problem. Um, But what needs to be addressed is so much deeper than that. And they've talked about it, that Mount Sinai... Uh, study talked about it um and AOA has kind of mentioned it but I think what we all need to address in medical education and I say this as a faculty member uh maybe the whole way we grade and evaluate medical students maybe it all needs to be reexamined. I mean why do you need an A or a B or a C or a D for a medical student Why aren't they all pass fail? I mean, either you can be a doctor or you can't be a doctor. It's
0: a joke that doctors and and their families tell a lot is, uh, what do you call a doctor who made all C's in med school? A doctor.
1: Yes. (laughs) I mean. I mean, and I say this, by the way, like, as a student who went into medical school and like, I I... I truly believe in my heart of hearts that I did want to help people and that I went into medical school for what I I think are the right reasons. I I truly believe that. But that being said, I did want to be the best based on their criteria. I fell into that trap very quickly. I made straight A's. I had very high board scores. I had that AOA box checked. I wanted all that, all those honors and accolades. I was part of that, that very negative, unhelpful and discriminatory piece of med school. I fell right into that because when you are the kind of person who is used to, and I think medicine attracts this, high performing people, you know, who, who want to be the best who, and who like when people tell them they're good, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, who like praise. Uh, you, that this feeds into that very easily. And I think that until we do away with that, I mean, and that's not the whole problem. Obviously there are many problems, you know, that we've got to get into who gets into medical school as well. And that's a whole other issue, Mm -hmm. but in medical school, it, it shouldn't really matter what your grades are, your scores are, as long as you know enough and you care about people and you are capable of doing the job. Why does the rest matter? And I think, like, if we started looking at maybe if your maybe your ability to overcome barriers to get into medical school and become a physician, maybe that's more valuable than a really high board score. Mm. I would I would argue that you could that you, that it is. Maybe your capacity for compassionate communication is more important than your GPA. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you know, a pass-fail system would be a really easy way to start with these things yeah. uh, because I can teach, as a medical educator, I will tell you, I can teach students and residents, I can teach them anatomy, I can teach them bacteriology, you know, I can teach them biochemistry. Well, I don't want to teach biochemistry, but you get the idea. <laughs> I can teach that stuff, but I can't teach you how to be worthy to serve the suffering. That That is a whole other thing and the idea that um, in AOA where, where that is our motto, which I took very seriously and I think should be taken very seriously to be worthy to serve the suffering We need a different culture. And th- if we change that culture That is one piece of diversifying who is a doctor who gets to, you know Be in whatever specialty they want to be And how do we change the American medical system so that it reflects the population of our country better? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, here's hoping it's at least, at least they're. Rec- I mean, this is relatively new, like you said. At least they're recognizing it. I mean, I don't know yeah. if there's a fix, but
1: I have hopes for AOA in that I, as a member, I know personally, and like I said, a former counselor, I know personally a lot of the members. I I feel like there will be a drive to do better. I hope there will. I hope there will, mm-hmm. um, because until we can make it better, I I don't think it should be considered in residency interviews you know Mm -hmm. until it's more fair
0: well and i mean also why am i excluded as long as we're talking about it
1: well honey you're not you're not a doctor doesn't seem fair or a medical Uh, student
0: it just doesn't seem fair thank you so much for listening to our program uh we hope you've enjoyed yourself uh we are part of the maximum fun network if you want to listen to more great podcasts head on over to maximum fun Dot org and check them totally out. If you want some Sawbones merchandise, you can go to mcelroymerch.com and you will see a bevy of beautiful uh, items just waiting to be uh, uh, bought up by you, our beloved listeners. <laughs> I'm sorry I made you seem like a sheeple that I was herding into our merchandising wagon.
1: Can I can I say one thing? The uh, the student Giselle Lynch, who was quoted in all the articles about uh, Mount Sinai and who helped with this study that just came out last month, really I, I think it's really impressive how a medical student took it upon themselves to see this problem and speak out about it and take on a system that I, I mean is so entrenched and she and I imagine got a lot of pushback about a lot of a lot of people were probably angry. Mm-hmm. I just think I really admire that. I wish I had had more of that that stuff in me when I was younger. Hmm. Um, I'm glad I have a little bit of it now, but I just wanted to congratulate her on, on doing what she did. Thank you so
0: much for listening to our program and be sure to join us again next week for Sawbones. Until then, my name is Justin McElroy.
1: I'm Sydney McElroy. And
0: as always, don't drill a hole in your head.